Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Writing Guys. Uh, this week, we are going to answer the question, how do you guys know when you truly feel that chemistry with someone? And we are joined by our hosts, C.T. Andrews and Michael Aspen. Welcome, everyone. And we are going to send it to C.T. Andrews this week. Uh, okay, so the question is, when do I know or how do I know I have chemistry with someone and oh what really sprung that one on me that's that's a great question um first of all I can say that it's definitely an emotional feeling it's that it comes from ah it 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 comes from for me okay for me usually when I feel that that uh, chemistry with someone for the first time, it's usually in a bar. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> <laughs> whether well, but it's showing more of your personal life than you anticipated there, CP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, when I say it's in a bar, I, it might be a first date that we happen to go to. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Whatever. It's at a public, a public, you know, a public restaurant or a public forum. And I just, it's when I usually find myself falling into conversation with her that feels very comfortable that's honest i feel like i can be honest with her and i and and she's behaving like she feels like she can be honest with me and there's a comfort level that starts to happen and um when it's very interesting because that's a subjective feeling when you feel that connection with somebody and it's really starting to happen and the eye contact is there and the, the banter is, is natural and comfortable, it's not forced, you start to become very subjective and in the moment of, uh, in the moment with that other person inside that conversation. But it's not until I become objective, which I think that the human mind just sort of moves in cycles, subjective, and then it always turns objective and then comes back around to subjective. So objectively, when I step back and I go, whoa, look what's happening here. There's, I feel something good with this girl I didn't expect or whatever. That's when my brain starts going, ah, man, I like this. I'm starting to have, um, I'm starting, let's see where this goes. I really want to know where this goes. And then I become subjective again and fall back into the conversation with her. I think that's when I first begin to realize I'm starting to have chemistry with someone and it's a good feeling. It's, um, it's a comfortable, usually unexpected feeling, but that's my answer. My short answer. We'll talk about it more after, uh, Michael gives me a better answer. Go ahead, Michael. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I think, I think you have to couch this question in your, in your personality a little bit. Um, so, I am naturally a bit of a misanthrope. Um, if you don't know what that means, think of Dr. Cox, or uh, if you ever watched the movie House with Dr. House, House, the doctor, that's a misanthrope. They're people that just sort of view the world around them with a little bit of distrust and a tad bit of maybe, um, I don't know, cynicism and negativity and they definitely don't look around at the world they one guy said it really well on one of my favorite shows there's a show called scrubs where the misanthropic character dr cox and misanthropic characters i think can be extraordinarily entertaining 
he said uh, he was talking to a, a psychologist who said people are like candy bars. They they might have a crusty outer shell, but inside they've got a gooey, creamy center. And he's like, no, you're wrong. You know what people are mostly? They're bastards. They're bastard coated bastards with bastard filling. And she goes, I'm touching your creamy center. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and so um, I am a recovering misanthrope, though. I have to tell you that as I've gotten older and as I'm trying to become a better person, uh, and I kind of alluded to this in another episode, I'm trying not to have those attitudes towards people as a knee-jerk reaction. I'm trying very much to see people from their perspectives. And it's difficult, but I'm, I'm trying and I'm learning. So uh, because of that, my very early easy to manage gut reaction to a person was, does this person annoy me, especially for a long period of time? So I can meet people. And because I'm kind of a storyteller by nature, if you haven't guessed from listening to these episodes, if you, uh, if you, if you're in my head, typically I will be with a person, like I'll be around a woman and I'll be sitting there creating scenarios where it would work. Like I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, oh yeah, you know what? I could see myself with this person because of this and that. We could be doing this together and I can start planning out for different things in the future. But in, sooner or later, inevitably, after a certain amount of time with that person, they will cross a threshold where I will be like, okay, I'm done being around. I, 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 I got I to gotta go. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta go. And the vast majority of the people that I have met, uh, I would say that I, I have what I call a people limit. And certain people have much longer limits than others. My brother, for example... He's a good four to six hours. After that, I don't want to be around him anymore because he's pushing my buttons and I'm, I'm tired of it. Um, whereas whenever I am around my wife, as a prime example, I can spend days, weeks, and months, and I don't hit my people limit with her. I do eventually hit it, though. Everybody has one. And when that happens, I'm like, I just need, I just, I just need to go downstairs and watch TV by myself for a little bit. I just need some me time. Um, and I recover a little bit and then I'm back at it and I'm good to go hang out for, with her for a long time. So my initial reaction when I knew it was potential with her to be a long-term relationship was that our personalities meshed to a point where she didn't annoy me after we'd been together for an extremely long periods of time, days when we were dating. So that's my first gut reaction. I know that sounds so stupid, but like I said, it's couched in the, in the person that you are. Right. Um, so I had, I had dated quite a bit and I remember I, I dated this one girl in college. She was very much, we had, it was the, probably the longest person that I dated before I met my wife. And it was, I think her, I think her people limit was about two days. After that, I was like, I need to spend some me time. I can't, I can't be around you anymore. I got to get away. Otherwise I'm going to be a jerk to you. And I don't want to be a jerk to you because I like you, even though I don't act like it right now. Um, so it was about two days with her, but that was the longest until I met Jeff. And then she was the one that overcame that, that time frame. So that was, that was my initial reaction. That was the first point that I realized, oh, hey, this could be somebody I could spend a lot of time with. Okay. So when you're talking, you know, Michael, um, when you're talking about your, your people limits, you know, um, have you ever, you know, have you ever hit that point where that, that, uh, that chemistry, um, goes south or, or sours to the point where you know you are almost physically just like yeah I know I, I need to be in a different state I need to be you know where you need more distance than you know going downstairs and watching tv or, or you know 
going to a different location and everything like that. Has it ever come to that point where it's like, yeah, I just need to be out of the different, a different state. I need to, you know, um, have, so yeah, that's the question. We're kind of, we're kind of limiting this to relationships. Um, so that is one of the relationship ending events for me. Whenever I get to that point where this person is the redeeming qualities that I had either made up in my own head, which I'm freely admitting that I do that. I mean, I, anybody says, well, you're just making up stories in your head and that's the, not a reality. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Believe me. I'm aware of my own failing there. So when those start to crumble and I realize the person in front of me for who they really are, and then they, and I realize that what redeeming qualities I thought they had are not there not because they're necessarily not a good person or a bad person. A lot of these people are really wonderful people. They just, for me, we just don't mesh. And um, so when that happens, that's a relationship. Ended. I'm like, I can't be with you. And there were, uh, I would say six women in college that I dated. And the longest one was that one I told you about that was about a two day limit, but most of them were a lot shorter than that. And it deteriorated pretty quickly. That one woman, it stuck around about six months is how long we actually dated. Uh, but it, it became apparent pretty soon in that six month period towards the end of that, it was pretty apparent. Yeah, she's, she's not the right one for you. You're gonna be miserable if you try to take this relationship longer. Um, the, the other thing though that I will point out though is that there have been women that I've been before, uh, I kind of learned how to date more in college than in high school. There were a lot of women in high school that now looking back, they were giving me signals that they were interested and I was too yeah. stupid to pick up on them or I was too socially awkward to actually act on it properly. And I screwed them all up. So there might've been more than I experienced, but when I found a woman that, that clicked with me and was somebody I want to be with, then we started making longer term plans. And then that snowballed into, we should get married. And then that snowballed into, you know, maybe we should go buy a house and Hey, how are you doing? 25 years later, we're still married. So, and doing okay. I think pretty good. I'd like to get her opinion on that. <laughs> if one of you guys <laughs> to ask her like on the side when I'm not around. <laughs> CT. Um, I don't know. My, Michael's got his people limit and I love the idea of a people limit because it gives you sort of an empirical, an empirical scale that you can go by to determine whether or not something's going to work or not. And it really simplifies the, the decision-making on uh, continuing with the relationship or having the relationship end and, it's kind of cool. I don't have anything like the people limit. It has its downside, CT. I'll warn you. <laughs> yeah, see, I can see, I can see where it does. Um, well, I won't go get all into that. Yeah. All, all I know is that uh, I had a girlfriend one time, and uh, we had dated for two plus years. So it was in my life. That's a long term relationship. Um, and um, we broke up. For reasons that still have me a little bit baffled, um, and I won't get all into that, but um, I was really saddened when it broke up. I knew she and I both knew we weren't good for each other. We didn't belong together. But damn it, our chemistry, or at least my understanding of what chemistry is, was really good, man. Like it was really good. Like we would sit on the couch together at night and just watch. You know, we 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 binge Netflix episodes of whatever series we were watching or 
we whenever we did go out to like a restaurant or whatever we always laughed and we always kind of had a good time and it was very natural and comfortable feeling and um and so um i don't know really I, when it when it when it, when we broke i never really wanted to be away from her um i take that back let me be honest when we were apart, I didn't want to be away from her. Um, which is a little <laughs> bit different than never wanting to be away from her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's probably why we broke up ultimately in the end. Um, uh, but uh, I guess it's, it's chemistry is such a hard thing to put your finger on, isn't it? It's all about masks. We wear masks in our lives, and I wear so many masks that when I'm not wearing any masks, I don't know it. I don't know whether I'm not wearing any masks or not. We're, how how deep or how dense or how shallow are my defenses? But when you meet somebody and you don't feel like you're wearing any masks with them, you've got good chemistry. Um, and I, I, all I can do when I'm in that situation, which I am rarely, is hope that it lasts because the reasons for breaking up those are the kinds of relationships where breaking up is truly heartbreaking uh when the chemistry's there and the chemistry's good but there are outlying factors that pull you apart um i wish i was more psychologically aware of what chem what made chemistry this would probably be a better podcast but <laughs> <laughs> I thought of something. So we've been, I was talking about one of the things that is an indicator that I want to be with this person for a long period of time, but I'll tell you one other thing that's an early, early indicator for me is mutual attraction. So uh, I, I will tell you as a male, I find a lot of women physically attractive, right? I will see a woman. And I'm like, Oh, she's very, very pretty. But uh, I oftentimes don't feel like I get the reciprocal look. Right. Yep. And when a woman is especially a certain level of overt about it, um, that is very appealing. That will start a chemical reaction in me that makes me want to make it work. I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but just that that when, when she expresses an interest in me as saying, you're an attractive being that I would like to be with, that immediately starts like this, this chemical reaction of, yeah, well, I find you physically attractive as well. So that that initial chemistry, that mutual attraction is a big piece of what makes me want to even entertain the idea that this could go anywhere, right? And that was the case with my wife and I when we first met. She she actually asked me out, and that was a very much a role reversal because um, I thought she was out of my league. I was like, yeah, she's smoking, but she's never going to go with me. And then I and we worked at a place where we had we worked on the phones. And so it was kind of like high school. If we wanted to talk, we had to pass notes to each other because we were so busy answering phone calls. And she passed a note to me one time and we sat next to each other a lot. We'd become friends. She passed a note to me one time. Do you want to go out this Friday? And I'm like, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> I couldn't get a pen fast enough. Right. Uh, and I actually, because I'm a little bit of a pessimist as well, I got all kinds of mental issues I deal with all the time, but because I'm a little bit of a pessimist and cynic, I was kind of like, is this a trick, right? Are you, are you tricking me? But it turns out it wasn't. Um, so that was, that was really, I would say that's like one of the earliest indicators that is that there's something there. 
is whenever she gives off that vibe of she's physically interested in me as well. And then it, and then the rest of it is all that growing together over getting to know each other. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think that we, to a degree, I think that we can identify great chemistry between couples better when we're observing it in someone else than often we can in our, when we observe ourselves in our own, our own relationships. Um, because for me, when I, when I see a couple and they seem to have good chemistry, it just seeds off of them. It just, just, you can feel it kind of come at you in waves. You're like, man, those two are really in love or man, those two people really look comfortable together. Um, there's good, great chemistry. Um, so I find that, I find that fascinating about chemistry too, now that I'm thinking about it. So do you guys think, um, do you think that there's a difference, um, and this, this kind of goes back to what Michael was saying there, do you think there's a difference between strictly ke uh, the chemistry and having mutual attraction? Do you think that there is a difference there? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, wait, are you talking about like a deeper connection versus the chemical, like, attractiveness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, CD. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to jump over your answer. I want you to answer. I just wanted to clarify. Go ahead. I do think there's a, a much a much uh, there's a big difference because chemistry is much deeper than physical attraction. I think physical attraction, I think is the, f the first thing that, that attracts me to a woman is physical attraction. Uh, fortunately, that's just a veneer that sits on top of everything else. It's very thin and it's that physical, that veneer of physical attraction is very penetrable. Mm. If, dive a little deeper than that physical attraction and you find a bitch, I'm not physically attracted to her anymore. You know, yeah. I don't want to be with her anymore. But if you for those, find of, for those of you on audio, I am nodding aggressively to what CT is saying. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for those on audio for, for informing those on audio. Yes. Um, because what I'm saying is very agreeable. Um, <laughs> but if you there is there is a truth in that the one who isn't as physically attractive or is not as physically attractive to you who is a beautiful wonderful person underneath that veneer and it's like as soon as you dive into that and realize that and have that conversation with them and have that connection with them it physical attraction isn't uh, you know it's there, there's more to it now than just physical attraction so yeah there's a huge difference i think between having chemistry and physical attraction Two totally different things, oftentimes opposite. I, you know, the, I, I don't know that I can add anything to the exact topic that CT said, because it is so true that that physical attraction is a very thin veneer and it is very quickly, uh, you can see through it after a very short amount of time. But, what, you know, the question talks about when do you truly feel that chemistry and, uh, that the, the reality is, is that I think, I think chemistry and compatibility are like two different things for, at least for me. So chemistry is, is where you click with somebody in a way that is unique and enjoyable. I have a, I have a business partner. I'm not going to mention my other businesses on here because that's not really germane to anything we're talking about, but I have a business partner who's a woman. And she is a great person to hang out with and talk with. She is fun. We got great little jokes we tell each other, some inside jokes that we tell each other. We have a lot of fun talking about uh, other people in the industry and the work that we do. And then also, you know, just 
having fun and talking to each other. That's great chemistry. You can have great chemistry. I think I, I don't want to come across as, you know, making this sound uh, inaccurate, but you can have great chemistry between men. Like two guys can have great chemistry. They talk about bromances all the time. Two guys just get really, they hit it off and they're friendly and they're telling jokes at each other. That chemistry happens a lot and it can happen in a lot of different levels. But whenever you're talking about compatibility and chemistry, like if I, I, I entertain the idea in my head, I'm not going to lie. And I've, and I've told my wife this, I've entertained the idea of what it would be like to be married to my business partner or in a long-term relationship with her. And it's yeah. not really appealing. Um, this, the long-term relationship part of that, that long-term compatibility, there would be a struggle there. There's a lot of positive traits there that are enjoyable to be around, but uh, the compatibility is definitely not uh, as complete as it is with my current spouse, right? So, yeah. um, and, I, and I'm not saying that you sh- if you find somebody you're more compatible with, you should go cheat or, you know, divorce and get married or whatever. I'm just saying that that compatibility is, is a different piece. And when you discover that you are compatible and that that's one of those signs that, okay, this is a person I could spend a long time with big chunks of my life with you only get one life if you're going to spend it with a person you better make sure you're compatible yeah and, and that compatibility is different for each person is, is all i wanted to end with that it really is it really is um this december i think it's 23 years my husband and i have been together um thank you um and you know it, it boils down to that that chemistry that that connection um you know i have i have some really amazing friends do i want to spend uh, time with them uh, every day no (laughs) it's like yeah no we'll just we'll just be friendly at work and that's it you know we'll go for coffee after work or whatever but i'm not really interested in spending a whole heck of a lot of time with them outside of that environment because you know by the end of the shift they're starting to get on my nerves and I think that's, <laughs> that's, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, and so it, you know, that lends itself to, to the whole idea that chemistry is more than just simply attraction. It's more than simply just, um, you know, there's different levels to it. There's different engagements within it um, that you can, you, you need to be aware of um, as, as a person, as a human being. Um, and oftentimes, you know, you, you hear a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, this was just insta-love or whatever. And I, and I just, it, it really makes one wonder, you know, just how much of that is, is the physical aspect as opposed to the, the chemistry, as opposed to the emotional aspect. What do you guys think? CT, I'm hand it off to you. Well, if if I understand exactly what you're asking, um, I think, well, I think, I think chemistry is, um, well, I kind of said it at the beginning. I think I did. Maybe I just thought about saying it. I don't remember, but I I said, it starts out with an emotion. I think, I think the the very first moment that you begin to sense uh, a chemistry with somebody is because something they do or say or the way they look or there's something about them that you're emotional about. And it can happen that fast, you know, I mean, emotions actually happen very quickly, right? Um, 
Yeah. And so you identify that emotional moment. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The emotional moment you have with somebody. And that begins the road towards having chemistry with somebody. And um, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to underscore the quality of chemistry. I mean, you can have an emotional guy and want to punch him in the face. <laughs> That's not the kind of chemistry I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about romantic chemistry. Um, so that emotional moment's going to be unique and rare and, and unexpected, like I said earlier. And when, once that happens, you sort of start down that road towards having chemistry with them. And hopefully that road doesn't ever have an end. Like it can become a, that long-term relationship where you're happy because you get to go home at night and cuddle up with the girl with, you know, with your woman on the couch and watch and binge, binge Netflix or whatever it might be, you know, you so know it's emotional, all emotional driven, I think. Uh, I actually have a slightly, I have a slightly different approach to that. Um, so uh, I had I, I tended to notice patterns in my life. And I noticed a pattern early on amongst couples that I had watched around me that would get together, be rapturously happy, angry, break up, sad, rapturously happy, get back together, ecstatic, angry, break up, sad. And I watched this over and over again. And I had made it a point whenever I started dating. This was actually during my high school years when I wasn't dating, believe it or not. Uh, I know, you know, who would have passed this? So I was, I was not dating, but I was watching people around me date. I would watch these patterns over and over. And I said, you know what? If you're going to break up with somebody, if you get to that point where you're really sick of them, you should really make it a permanent thing. Don't just, don't break up just because you're angry and then get back. So I started approaching, I started approaching relationships even before I started in any from a much more logical point of view. And uh, one of the things that I know now looking back, and I kind of knew it ahead of time, because if you listen to the, if you listen to the elders, if you listen to people that have been married for a long time, they're going to tell you this. And it is really fucking true. Long-term relationships take work. I don't care how compatible you are. They take work. The more compatible you are, the less work there is, but there's still a lot of it. So um, the, I, I kind of approached it from whenever I was dating, I was looking for somebody that was really highly compatible that I also really enjoyed being around. You can find compatible people that are boring. You can find people that are just a, a lump on the couch. And, and that kind of person can be very annoying to be around uh, because they're a lump, but some people that can be that, that that's perfect for them. But the, the reality is you can find people that are very acquiescent, that are always agreeing with you, never argue with you. But that doesn't mean you're compatible. What I mean by compatibility is that you, you care about the same things. You have the ability to communicate at a higher level than normal or at whatever level you're comfortable with. And that helps reduce that eventual workload. And it can see you through a lot a lot of stuff. I have been married myself 25 years. Um, and I, I look back on that time and I look back on some very rough times that we have had both emotionally, 
financially, good God, financial stuff, that'll kill you. That'll kill you quick because you, you feel so trapped. Um, good, good little life tip. Don't get in debt if you can help it. It's a bad thing to do. So, um, but anyway, and even though those were tough times and even though we did turn on each other to an extent, there was always a path back to us joining together and working together to solve the problem because of that high level. Of, and I, well, I attribute it to a high level of compatibility, the ability to communicate to each other and the ability to work together is part of that compatibility. If I constantly felt like every word out of my mouth was just bouncing off of her head, that would be a very frustrating place for me to be and vice versa, right? And, and that is, that's just showing how incompatible people can struggle down the road. Um, the other thing that I think that I had learned from watching these people go through these relationships is that the other person, and I, di I didn't realize I had learned it until later. This is one of those things that it was a lesson that I had learned like in my gut, but in my head, I hadn't really realized what I had learned. And that is no other person can make you happy. If you think that happiness is going to be found in a relationship with another person, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I don't care how you feel in your relationship right now. That is not true. They can bring temporary happiness. That is true. But they are not going to be your sole source of happiness. You have to find it within yourself. And if you're not happy with yourself, you need to change you, not look for somebody else to solve that problem. And if you've got somebody that's truly compatible with your nature, if you're, if you're able to understand yourself enough to understand what's compatible with you, then that person is going to help you be a better you and not leave you when you become the better you. Um, yep. So anyway, those are things that, I mean, we're talking long-term relationship stuff, looking back on it to give you that advice. But, but that's, I mean, the reality is, is that compatibility and understanding that the happiness you feel is fleeting, that puppy love is fleeting. Those two things, if you can be happy whenever you're not goo-goo-eyed over them, and if you can be comfortable at that compatibility level, those are huge indicators you found the right one. So those yeah. are, that's what I look back on. I would agree. I would agree. Um, there is, there is no relationship out there. You know, there is nothing that, that, that you, you know, you can, you have, you can enter into without being, um, having the chemistry with yourself first. Um, and this is something that I think a lot of people miss, um, you know, before you get into a relationship with somebody else, you need to be in a relationship with yourself yeah. before anything, because the thing is, is, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want and how you think and how you feel and how you're going to interact, then all the chemistry, all the, the physical attraction, all of that is useless because you are, you're going to adapt your personality. You're going to adapt everything to suit the other person because you're a blank slate. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that with, with people um, where they, you know, they go from one relationship to the next, every single relationship that they're in, they're slightly different people. Um, so I think it's really important before you, you know, before you, you're, you're into that relationship with uh, another person, you need to be aware, self-aware with yourself. So and, and that's really important. Self-aware is really important, but I, I would add that you don't have to actually like or love yourself. You just have to understand yourself. 
the other person might love you for who you are, but you don't have to love you for who you are. You just need to understand who you are. You can yeah. learn to love yourself or at least accept yourself. That take, can take time. But that, that oftentimes is a bigger issue that another person cannot solve for you. But understanding yourself enough to know that the person you're with knows who you are and is okay with that is enough to yeah. get you there. Yep, exactly, exactly. This unmarried lifelong bachelor's I'm taking notes. I'm going to watch this uh, episode back. I'm going to rewind it. Just be taking it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put a disclaimer in there that I am not a marriage counselor and everything I said is probably wrong. So just, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> if you would like to write any complaints, you can feel free to reach us at C.T. Andrews or books by C.T. Andrews. <laughs> I'll reroute that to the uh, proper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good times. Very good times. All righty. Well, uh, we, are, um, we are at the end of this week's episode. So thank you so very much, everyone, for uh, coming by and taking a listen. Um, please feel free to uh, pop over to our website, uh, writingguys.net to uh, leave us some questions because we thrive on your questions. They are the life's blood of the show. And uh, thank you so much to CT and to Michael for coming out and answering the questions. Um, and you can uh, check us out on the website, uh, thewritingguys.net. That's writingguys.net. And we will see everyone again next week for the next episode. Have a great weekend or week. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.